Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue through Leviticus with chapter 11. In chapter 11 through 15, we start into the purity and what is the solution to uncleanliness and the impurity of the people. And God cannot dwell among unclean things because he's God. So it was very important that the Israelites be set apart and be clean inside and out so that God can continually dwell alongside them. And in chapter 11, verse 1, it starts telling us what what can we eat? What is good to eat and what is not good to eat? And what should we be consuming and what should we not be consuming for nourishment? In verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Of all the land animals, these are the ones you may use for food. You may eat any animal that is complete that has completely split hooves and chews the cud. You may not, however, eat the following animals that have split hooves or that chew the cud, but not both. The camel chews the cud, but does not have split hooves, so it is ceremonially unclean for you. The hyrax chews the cud, but does not have split hooves, so it is unclean. The hare chews the cud, but does not have split hooves, so it is unclean. The pig has evenly split hooves, but it does not chew the cud, so it is unclean. You may not eat the meat of these animals or even touch their carcasses. They are ceremonially unclean for you. Of all the marine animals, these are the ones you may use for food. You may eat anything from the water if it has both fins and scales whether taken from salt water or from streams. But you must never eat animals from the sea or rivers that do not have both fins and scales. They are detestable to you. This applies to both the little creatures that live in shallow water and to all creatures that live in deep water. They will always be detestable to you. You must never eat their meat or even touch their dead bodies. Any marine animal that does not have both fins and scales is detestable to you. These are the birds that are detestable to you. You must never eat them. The griffin vulture, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, falcons of all kinds, ravens of all kinds, the eagle owl, the short-eared owl, the seagull, hawks hawks of all kinds, the little owl, the cormorant, the great owl, the barn owl, the desert owl, the Egyptian vulture, the stork, herons of all kinds, the hopo, and the bat. You must not eat winged insects that walk around the ground. They are detestable to you. You may, however, eat winged insects that walk around the ground and have jointed legs so they can jump. These insects you are permitted to eat include all kinds of locusts, bald locusts, crickets, and grasshoppers. All the other winged insects that walk along the ground are detestable to you. The following creatures will make you ceremonially unclean. If you touch their carcasses, you will be defiled until evening. If you pick up their carcasses, you must wash your clothes and you will remain defiled until evening. Any animal that has split hooves that are not evenly divided or that does not chew the cud is unclean for you. If you touch the carcass of such an animal, you will be defiled. Of the animals that walk on all fours, those that have paws are unclean. If you touch the carcass of such an animal, you will be defiled until evening. 
If you pick up its carcass, you must wash your clothes, and you will remain defiled until evening. These animals are unclean for you. Of the small animals that scurry along the ground, these are unclean for you. The mole rat, the rat, large lizards of all kinds, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the common lizard, the sand lizard, and the chameleon. All these small animals are unclean for you. If any of you touch the dead body of such an animal, you will be defiled until evening. If such an animal dies and falls on something, that object will be unclean. This is true whether object is made of wood, cloth, leather, or burlap. Whatever its use, you must dip it in water and it will remain defiled until evening. After that, it will be ceremonially clean and may be used again. If such an animal falls into a clay pot, everything in the pot will be defiled, and the pot must be smashed. If the water from such a container spills on any food, the food will be defiled, and any beverage in such a container will be defiled. Any object on which the carcass of such an animal falls will be defiled. If it is an oven or hearth, it must be destroyed, for it is defiled, and you must treat it accordingly. However, if the carcass of such an animal falls into a spring or a cistern, the water will still be clean. If anyone who touches the carcass, but anyone who touches the carcass will be defiled. If the carcass falls on seed grain to be planted in the field, the seed will still be considered clean. But if the seed is wet when it when the carcass falls on it, the seed will be defiled. If an animal you are permitted to eat dies and you touch its carcass, you will be defiled until evening. If you eat any of its meat or carry away its carcass, you must wash your clothes, and you will remain defiled until evening. All small animals that scurry along the ground are detestable, and you must never eat them. This includes all animals that slither along their bellies, as well as those with four legs and those with many feet. All such animals that scurry along the ground are detestable, and you must never eat them. Do not defile yourselves by touching them. You must not make yourselves ceremonially unclean because of them. For I am the Lord your God. You must consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. So do not defile yourselves with any of these small animals that scurry along the ground. For I am the Lord. I am the one who brought you up from the land of Egypt that I might be your God. Therefore you must be holy because I am holy. These are the instructions regarding the land animals, birds, marine creatures, and animals that scurry along the ground. By these instructions, you will know what is unclean and clean, and which animals may be eaten and which may not be eaten. So this whole chapter is dedicated to what can we eat and what should we not eat. And the ritual categories, they are about what can and cannot come into God's presence. In God wants to dwell with his people and he wants his people to remain pure and clean. And God is distinct and clean and set apart. And these are God's chosen people eating God's chosen food. And Israel's diet was a physical representation of the distinction of them as God's people. And they are separate and set apart. And God is wanting them to stay separate and set apart. In they can become impure by contact, becoming in contact with any type of reproductive fluids, by having skin diseases, by touching mold, by touching dead bodies, and by eating and touching impure animals. Those were the five categories that, that God wants to, to set them apart from. And 
they need to abstain from animal animals that other nations eat and raised, and that would also separate them from the people that they're going into. They're going into the land of Canaan, a very sinful nation, and God wants to keep them separate from that sinful nation. He doesn't want them co-mingling with them and having dinner parties together, and if they get invited over for a big big party that bad things might happen, they can say, no, I'm sorry, it's against my religion. So God's trying to protect them and keep them safe. And there's also measures that keep the food safe. They didn't have refrigerators back then. So God didn't want them eating bacteria and things that can make them sick. And when these rules and laws were set out, it was for this time in this place. God overturned these food laws with Jesus and all the people are now made clean by Jesus's blood. So Jesus makes us all clean and we no longer have to worry about what we're eating. I mean, as long as it's fresh, let's not eat bacteria and get sick. That still applies. But the sinful nation that they're about to enter the land, they're full of idolatry and they're full of um, pagan rituals. And God wants to keep them separate in all way, shape and form from this country and nation that they're about to enter. And they're, they're heading into this very hostile, sinful territory, and God wants to keep them safe and separate and pure from the people that they're about to enter. And in chapter 12, it continues on with childbirth. In verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. If a woman becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son, she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days, just as she is unclean during her menstrual period. On the eighth day, the boy's foreskin must be circumcised. After waiting 33 days, she will be purified from the bleeding of childbirth. During this time of purification, she must not touch anything that is set apart as holy, and she must not enter the sanctuary until her time of purification is over. If a woman gives birth to a daughter, she will be ceremonially unclean for two weeks, just as she is unclean during her menstrual period, and after waiting 66 days, she will be purified from the bleeding of childbirth. When the time of purification is completed for either son, a son or a daughter, the women must bring a one-year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a purification offering. She must bring her offerings to the priest at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will then present them to the Lord to purify her. Then she will be ceremonially clean again after her bleeding at childbirth. These are the instructions for a woman after the birth of a son or a daughter. If a woman cannot afford to bring a lamb, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons. One will be for the burnt offering and the other for the purification offering. The priest will sacrifice them to purify her and she will be ceremonially clean. So, Childbirth is a natural part of being human, and children are a blessing to God. And the separation, they're, they're separating those who are unclean, is not about calling them evil. It's This is a natural human thing that happens. Childbirth is honored. And the separation is not about judgment, but it's about protection so that they would not defile God's tabernacle and die. He wants to protect his people. And a time is being set apart for the new mother. A time is set apart for her to just chill with this baby. And nowadays we have um, a lot of vaccines and protection against diseases. But this baby and this child and this mom are set apart to have a time away from everything. And I 
I feel like that's good because immunity doesn't come into babies until around six weeks of age. So it gives that baby time to be able to have a chance to be healthy. And it also, again, sets his people apart from the nation that they're about to enter. It keeps them safe. In the the society is associated, like the association with mortality is loss of life. And the cultural symbols are to remind Israel that God's holiness affects every part of life. And even in childbirth, God's holiness is reflected and and remembering God's holiness even after giving birth to a child and making sure God is a part of every aspect of our lives and they're set apart as holy and pure people before God. And that concludes chapters 11 and 12. So we'll continue on tomorrow. I hope y'all are having a great day.